Oh, absolutely in trouble. Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore both simultaneously like put up decent games after you know you aren't there. Tough look, my guy. Tough look. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I would be panicking if I was Zach Wilson. I'd be like, my job absolutely. is seriously in trouble because what does Zach Wilson prove? It is episode 134 of Left Side Heavy, the podcast, not starting this episode off with a beer because my stomach is getting soft. So we're drinking water on this episode, and Hayden also doesn't have one because he is about two feet into the gutter and feels like complete <laughs> oh, ass well as, as he coughs into the mic. Like, that was not scripted. We couldn't script that any better. So the boys are thriving um, for this episode. Hayden, rhetorical question. How we doing, buddy? How we doing? Yeah, it's a very rhetorical question. Um, Man, I don't know. I feel like this was kind of a, this is kind of coming to me. Early last week, I was kind of gloating. No, maybe like a week and a half ago. I was kind of gloating about the fact how Shaden was not feeling well and kind of sick. And I was telling my foreman, like, yeah, look at me. I'm I'm good and I sleep right next to her every night and then my coworker gets sick but he doesn't admit it doesn't stay home doesn't wear a mask and obviously you work with the guy probably going to get sick which happened so yeah, yeah. I I'm feeling golden actually right now is it just like the chills body chills headache fever oh man it, it was so it was so weird like friday I had felt like complete ass the whole day at work. Saturday, I rested. I stayed good. Obviously, we had a Friendsgiving and then went out like that night. Didn't drink nothing the whole weekend. I was responsible. Uh, And then Sunday felt like ass. And today it felt like ass. (laughs) It's just been that kind of a weekend. As that's trash. Yeah, uh, up here in Canada, our Thanksgiving was like five weeks ago. But since our group of friends can't really coordinate anything, we couldn't celebrate on our Thanksgiving. So we just said, you know what? Why don't we uh, shout out our Americans down south and we'll celebrate with them? So we did it. Uh, we did our, th- our Friendsgiving on American Thanksgiving weekend. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, we're going to do our usual thing. And uh, go through some NHL notes. There's uh, a couple big ones here, and then we'll go through um, some NFL um, Thanksgiving weekend football games for you guys. And then a draft at the end. We'll save that for later, though. We are going to start off. Last week, we talked about Bore Salmin and the amazing tributes he was given by Toronto and the Hall of Fame in general. But unfortunately... A day after we uploaded, Bore Salmin unfortunately passed away at the age of 71 from ALS. It it sucks because he was such a pioneer for the game. He basically opened the floodgates for Europeans to come into the NHL and 
bless us with their skill and everything. And Boris Salmon was he was the man for that. So he was a he's a huge pioneer for the NHL, and it just sucks um, losing one of the greats. Uh, what was your kind of reaction to seeing him pass shortly after we were praising the tributes and stuff like that? I had to do a quick double check because I'm like just reading over a tweet. I can't remember who it was by, but it was one of the NHL analysts. And it was like, oh, yeah, Boris Salamine has uh, unfortunately passed away. And I'm like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> like, wasn't he just honored? Like, not even a couple weeks ago? <laughs> like, I know. We just talked about this guy. Like, I almost I almost felt like we were uh pardon my take, you know, when it's like uh they do the thing every year about the people. Oh, I forget yeah. what it's called, but it's how the they takeies. Yeah, and then like they won't die and then obviously they called the the queen, they called like another NBA player and it's like, well, this is scary. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's I'm glad that he was able to get honored. And that it did happen because I hate situations of players or um, pioneers or just faces of the league that get inducted into the Hall of Fame or the Ring of Honor or something like that after um, they've passed so that they can't, you know, take in the moment of being honored. And it's like you, you did it too late. But Boris Salman, fortunately, he's been in the Hall of Fame for quite a bit now. Um, he was able to get honored with that. And just like that tribute, it would have sucked if he passed and then they did that. So I'm very happy that he was able to at least in person get the tribute that he so much deserves. And it ALS is such a terrible and brutal disease because he was acknowledging everything that was going on every feeling was pure he just unfortunately has his ability to talk has been taken away so it sucks and but rest in peace Boris Salman thank you for everything you did and may you rest in peace forever like it just sucks no definitely R.I.P. R.I.P. um we on to some Canucks news. Another unfortunate circumstances going on as it's Rachel Dory versus the Canucks. Um, just this past offseason, if you aren't aware, Rachel Dory was basically she was working for the Devils as an analyst and um, stuff like that. And then she got an, a few more NHL teams express interest in her. And she is someone who suffers from PTSD and just like severe depression. And prior to any interview process or hiring process, she disclosed all this information so that every interviewer was aware of her conditions. And she was very open about it. She wanted to make sure that before she took any interview seriously, that she had disclosed her illness and that the NHL team would accommodate to build a safe workplace around her so that any episodes were least likely to break out. 
Just want to clarify that at the start so there's a good foundation built. So Jim Rutherford interviews her, loves everything about her. Um, gratitude is given back from Rachel. Very happy about it. Jim Rutherford accommodates to her request that a safe environment is built around her, brings her in with open arms, and she accepts the jobs for the Canucks as an analyst. And then media surrounds Boudreaux at the Canucks Foundation Golf Tournament, and Boudreaux nothing but praise towards Rachel and her work. She, I forget the exact words. Uh, forgive me while I bring it up. Looking it up right now. But so Rachel was hired as an analyst in, um, for the Canucks organization, front office and everything like that. And then she was then promoted to assistant to the video coach, part of the coaching staff. So great progress made by Rachel and all her work and everything like that. And she was highly praised by Boudreaux and him saying that she has a wealth of knowledge and that she knows a ton for her age, which is just beyond praise from a coach and someone that you look up to as someone just cracking into the NHL. And Patrick Johnson, NHL analyst and writer, um, basically passes this on from Boudreaux to Rachel and says, this is what Boudreaux has to say about it, all that. Just want to let you, I just want to show you the praise that you've been receiving from uh, your coach or your higher ups or whatever. And she was like, that is so kind. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy. Can you put that in your article, but just don't like, just so I can get some like recognition or whatever. I don't know. But she doesn't say anything. She doesn't promote it herself about the promotion or anything like that. That was against any sort of terms that the Canucks built that hiring around. So Johnson uploads the article. She reposts it and said, it, and basically thanks Boudreaux for the nice words. That's all she does. She doesn't mention anything about her working for the Canucks, her promotion. She doesn't talk about anything. Fast forward a couple of days. Um, Kasten Gay for the Canucks, assistant general manager, brings her into her office and basically says that in hind like in uh to summarize it, says that she's not important enough. And that the media doesn't isn't actually your friend or whatever. So immediately makes her feel worthless after the one that works with her gives her extremely high praise. So she then fast forward, gets some very bad episodes in training camp up in Whistler from what Castingay said to her. And then accused her of dis discriminating her because Mike Yo had talked about his hiring as an assistant coach and nothing happened to him, yet Rachel is being diminished and discriminated against and basically tarnished because she thanked Boudreaux for the nice words in her direction. Completely fucked up. And then... 
Patrick Alvin, that comes down to him. And next thing you know, Rachel is fired because she promoted her promotion on social media when none of that actually happened. So now there is a current lawsuit going on between Rachel Dory and the Canucks of discriminatory activity towards her, more specifically against Kasslyn Gay. Hayden, I know there might be some details I left out, but this just is, it disappoints me as a Canucks fan reading this, that a new hire from Alvin is discriminating someone basically in the same fucking position as her. It's, it's not, she's not a minority, but like a woman breaking into an NHL organization and working at a high level is rare. And we were promoting the growth of it, which is amazing. Gay is a part of that. And she is discriminating Rachel for nothing. What are your thoughts on this whole situation? And please fill in any details that I missed that stand out to you. The biggest, the biggest one I'm reading as of right now, and it says, uh, like the big header, Canucks deny casting gay claims. The complaint criticized how casting gay allegedly treated Dory as another woman, woman working in a male-dominated field. Miss Dory had hoped that as another woman who worked hard to enter a male-dominated industry, Mrs. Uh, Miss Cassingay would have been supportive of Miss Dory and eased other obstacles she faced. Be careful not to exploit or harm them, such as her disability, it reads. And then, based on all circumstances of this case, it is clear that Miss Dory's sexual and physical uh, and mental disabilities played a role in the termination of her uh, employment. That whole, <laughs> that whole second one, it just, I, ah, man, like what, what world are we living in? You know, like how, I, I just, I don't understand how it, it, it hurts my brain that someone can get looked at in a positive light one day two or three days later get cussed out by another female worker and then just boom you're gone uh it is a super super tough look on the vancouver canucks organization not to already put in perspective of a certain owner but like this this is just this is so bad (laughs) <laughs> it's terrible. It's it's so brutal. And she never mentioned her promotion in any facet. No. On no platform she mentioned, yes, I got promoted to assistant video coach. That never happened. She thanked Boudreaux for the nice words, and she told Patrick Johnston if she can throw those quotes in an article, which is fine because it was already made public. So Rachel didn't have to say anything. Her quotes were never mentioned in any article. Nothing was talked about about her promotion besides Boudreaux, who said that she has a wealth of knowledge and she knows a ton of information for her age. And then it's just like, how can you jump 
to someone's side so quick without reading in depth anymore. Like yeah. Patrick Alvin just immediately fired her. Immediately, like, why don't you look hesitation. into it? And from the documents that I'm reading, Cassingay is unbelievably disrespectful with the comments she's saying, not just her actions, just what she's she's mentally, physically, emotionally tarnishing this poor girl when Castingay just recently was hired in a male dominant industry. Mm-hmm. Like it is insane to me that after so much praise from not just Boudreaux, but everyone in the organization, Jim Rutherford, Boudreaux, and many more colleagues, a lot beside Rachel, was praising her, her knowledge, her work, everything under the sun. And a new hire who's in the same position as her is mentally or like verbally abusing her that is kicking in her episodes of PTSD and depression and stuff like that. And then saying, you don't have what it takes to be in this position mentally. Like how fucked up is that? Yeah, no, that, that is, like I said, I I don't know how you can live with yourself after doing that to someone it's who already might have bigger problems behind closed doors. Yeah. Way to open up a fucking feisty can of worms and just totally think that it's okay. Yeah, it's terrible, man. It's terrible. I I want justice for Rachel Dory. She deserves the world right now and I hope I like I hope that NHL teams come knocking on her door to offer her positions after tons and tons of praise from people who witness her every day. Like, yeah. Cassingay also gave her an employment clause and told her she had 24 hours to sign it when Rachel did like, that was not nearly enough time to send it to any sort of lawyers to read it over. Yeah. I don't even think that's legal. It's it shouldn't be. <laughs> you should have it like a week or something like that or whatever. Twenty four hours checked out. Yeah, that 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 is that is like forcing someone's hand, but also just saying, well, if I have twenty four hours, I'm not gonna get the shipped out, so I'll just sign it right now. Yeah, it's forcing them without forcing them. Exactly, and it's very suspicious that the. According to Rachel's document, that the only person unhappy with the hiring was her. When every single higher up above her was praising the hire. Yeah. How does she have so much more control over everyone when Alvin, Rutherford, Boudreaux, and many others were praising her work to give her the promotion? And you're the one that's like controlling her fate. Like that is insane to me. Mm-hmm. Everything was just set Rachel up for disaster. And then you go on to verbally abuse her. That tarnishes her mentally and physically, emotionally, and kicks in her episodes that she was trying to avoid walking into this position. 
it's just a terrible situation. It's crazy to me. I hope she gets the justice she deserves. And if all accounts are true, I hope that Cassengay is fired from the acts that she was pulling because it is unbelievably screwed up. Yep, I agree. But yeah, I just I hope that this is handled correctly and we will uh talk about anything once more updates follow. Um more tough news. Um Vancouver Connect Dakota Joshua tweeted there's no room for this after his younger brother forgive my pronunciation if this is wrong, but Jagger Joshua, um, who plays for Michigan State, was received racial slurs from Ohio State Camille Sadloka. And it's like, what are we doing still? Like, why is this still here? What idiot are you to still be conducting this type of behavior? It's 2022. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Not, not a day goes by anymore where I'm not surprised of the absolute stupidity of some people. I know. Like, I know this doesn't have any correlation to sports at all, but it was like I saw this TikTok and it was like this uh this black stand-up comedian and he was talking about how there's probably so many white kids that'll still say the n-word behind closed doors and then he talks about call of duty like where kids will just say it like they just say it and they think they have uh no backlash coming from it but it's like you can be filmed and recorded people can find your gamer tags nowadays you know so you call out someone and you call them a racial slur over your instagram handle good luck ever ever recovering yeah <laughs> i know did you actually see the the uh top high school quarterback who got a florida offer same shit what the fuck like why why <laughs> that one i disagree with what do you mean well he was singing a song still I... you can't you, you can't you can't do that in this day and age man like i don't know man i just that, just don't say it just don't say it that i'm i think i'm in the majority here but a lot of people were saying that <clears throat> yes you got to be careful but like that song shouldn't be up uploaded if you're not allowed to sing the lyrics it's not like he was saying it in any derogatory term to tarnish anyone i Maybe you, maybe don't upload could, the video, but I think getting a scholarship taken away was a little egregious because he wasn't saying it towards anyone. But uh, that's that, just my it, opinion. But then it's like in the situation right now, like what if I just said it? I'm not saying it egregiously, but you can't say that. You know, like people aren't gonna look at look at it that way. It's like at this day and age, if you if you aren't that color, it's the same way like calling a, a, a an Asian person a racial slur. Like I would never, you know, there, obviously there's so many words to say about that. Never would say anything like that. Never would. It's just, 
it can only cause bad things. Just don't don't say it, and you won't have any issues. Yeah, that's fair. Now, I... now you lose so much of your life, and like, I do agree on the fact where if you're calling someone, you know, a racial slur, it's way worse than just saying it. But it's still not good to just say it. Yeah, but I just think like if you're singing along to a song, and it's just like you just you don't like blatantly say, but you're just singing along to the music. I don't think it's worth losing an entire full ride scholarship off of because like it doesn't really dictate who you are as a person, in my opinion. Like I, like, I just I don't think it should be to that level. Maybe be careful next time, but like I don't think it like describes him as like a full on racist and deserves his scholarship taken away. I've seen many comments of like colored people and minority people saying that it was complete bullshit that he got a scholarship taken away. And if they're saying it, then I think I it I just think that that's a bit too far. But full on calling someone to I think that's just like far worse. Yes. Yeah, I, I agree. Losing a scholarship over something like that. Definitely a little little maybe overboard but this sets the boundary for people who are getting scholarships where it's like the actions that you do big or small can come back to bite you in the ass you know and you don't get a lot of second chances in life and it's something so simple as to just like not say a word I feel like it's it's now going to be pretty easy for kids who uh, aren't that race to not say that word. Like, because you never know. Uh, a college, a university can just easily say, yeah, you know what? We actually saw what you said. Uh, like, like people who pull up tweets from however many years ago. It's like you're a changed person over five plus years. But it's like, yeah, but this is still in your past. You know, it's kind of like a bad, um, a bad arrest, you know, or like a small arrest that seems minor, but actually could really fuck you over for a job. Yeah, like past tweets, it solely depends on what um, you say. If it's something about um, like the trans community when you never really thought it would be a thing and you, you canceled about it when you tweeted it seven years ago and you apologize and people still don't acknowledge that, then I think that's bullshit. But if it's full on like racial stuff, that's like still prominent and it's, it was known to be prominent and that's different. But like Kevin Hart about getting, uh, we're going off topic, but yeah. um, yeah, uh, that Ohio state kid was removed from the team and is no longer playing for Ohio state deservingly. So, so it's good to see that happen. Um, we're going to some more of the week's games and everything like that. Uh, New Jersey, their 13 game winning streak comes to an end. Three disallowed goals. Um, I think maybe two of them should have been disallowed, but I think one of them should, should have been allowed. But Jersey fans litter the ice after the game. Aiden, what were your thoughts on watching that video go down? Uh, Definitely not um, the response 
you'd probably want to give after that. And let me tell you, for everyone who is a New Jersey fan, I get shitty no calls. All right. Uh, I suffered through it a lot on Sunday. I have suffered through a lot of them in the past. Super controversial calls. Uh, I would never throw litter on a field. I would never throw like my garbage on the ice at a hockey game. I, I would never try and put uh, an object onto somewhere that could hurt a player. Like you get one player that isn't looking, skates over it, boom, ankles just fucked, you know, or legs just broken somehow. Like it's very rare, but it can happen. So it's just a player safety thing. And it just, it's such a bad look for people. Yeah. And you don't get viewed as a good sports town for doing that. I get it. Like the passion, I get the, that is a shitty way to lose a 13 game winning streak, but you got to take the good with the bad. And if this is what it takes to get beat, I still feel like you're in a pretty good position. Yeah. I, the one where the players skate was in the crease and, um, Murray, didn't have to do any sliding or anything to stop a puck. It solely just went right past him. I mm-hmm. think that was bullshit. The fact that he was already set and he didn't um, prevent him from making any sort of slide or whatever. I think that was complete horseshit. But yeah. the other ones, I I understand, I guess. Um, Jersey litter, um, not just littering onto the ice. I think that's extremely dangerous and in mm-hmm. no reason should you do that because you can seriously hurt someone because they were throwing like full drinks or whatever and with enough velocity that can really hurt someone's neck or whatever 100%. regardless of what it is. So I I think it's disrespectful act. I understand the frustration, but in no way should you be completely littering garbage onto the ice because that can just go so wrong for, in so many ways. So... Wrong way to handle I that. I totally agree. Um, the Canucks, they went 3-0 on their road trip, defeating Colorado 4-3, Vegas 5-1, and San Jose 4-3 in overtime. Uh, Spencer Martin going 2-0 on that uh, road trip, getting two straight against Colorado and Vegas, two of the juggernauts in the league. Yeah, that's very that's impressive. Um, Colorado. So after this... They were seven two and one, um, with Dries in the lineup and one eight and two without him in the lineup. So basically, if we have him in the lineup, we'll win the cup. Yeah, <laughs> basically what it means. Um, the ratio will balance itself out. Um, Ethan Bear fitting in well. He had a goal and an assist against Colorado. So it seems like with the ice time, he produces, which is really weird to see. Not. Um, it's just like, oh, he uh, he sucks. We're gonna healthy scratch him. Well, if you play him, he might do well. So, yeah, he actually seems to be a really key part in this team because I yeah. remember when we talked about it with Corey, and we're like, he's probably not moving the needle. Well, he's moving a needle right now. He's playing super super well for what we all thought he was going to be. 
Yeah. So it's actually really, really encouraging to see that he's playing with some sort of fire under his ass. Yeah, it's uh, he's really stable right now, and I still don't think he's enough to move the needle in any direction. But he's just he's more stable than anything we got, and he's just playing he's just playing really well right now, which is good to see. Uh, five one versus Vegas. It was basically five nothing until like three minutes left until like a flute goal went in. Um, hard shot off the glass went up. Martin had no idea where it was, and then Marshall just hit it into an open net. So that's what it took to beat him. It sucks that he couldn't get the shutout. So right now, I just think it's important for the Canucks to just ride the hot hand. There's no starting goalie right now. Just ride whoever's hot. Because I agree. Demko will get out of his funk. And he eventually did. We'll get to it. But right now, Martin's playing good. Just ride him till he hits a cold spurt. And then, if he ever does, that is. And then just go back to Demko. But Martin's playing really well right now. Um, he's six one and one with a three twelve save per, um goals against average and a nine oh seven save percentage. Not great, but for a backup, he's doing his record speaks for itself. For a backup, you would definitely take the performances that Martin is giving you. And regardless of the record, the two the his two most recent wins. I think of our what you go off of most by. Exactly. It shows that he's playing up to the competition and he's he's trying for a starting job. 100%. And maybe that puts a little bit of a fire under Demko. And it's it's weird because I don't think San Jose is a juggernaut. <laughs> I think a lot of people would say that San Jose isn't a juggernaut, but to only to not kind of let only let in two goals at max but to let in three and to make it go into overtime i, I that feels like kind of an l for demco when martin takes down vegas and colorado in back to back games i mean some of the goals that were scored on demco like one was just absolutely absurd i don't know it was absurd yeah it, like, it was like what he had no idea where it was and it went like 20 feet in the air and just of course landed right behind him and went in and it's like are you kidding me like he was playing really stable before that that kind of just knocked him off knocked him off track but demko still played solid in the in the win excuse me um kuzmanko um Scoring in overtime, I still don't know if he's eligible for the Calder. I don't think he is because he's not getting mentioned when he has like 10 goals on the year and he's actually producing. So I don't think he's eligible, but he's like right on the border of like 26. Where it's like you have to be 26 and younger or like younger than 26 or like your birthday has to be like whatever by a certain date. I'm still confused, but I don't think he's eligible. But nonetheless, he's playing un- he's playing great. Uh, Eric Carlson just got two more assists that game, so he's still lighting it up this year, regardless of how bad San Jose is. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's great win. We're riding high into Washington tomorrow when we we are recording this on Monday night. Uh, Canucks play at Washington on Tuesday. Um, honestly, great game from Vancouver, but it was we. 
we cut it a little close when we went up 3-1 and like laid back and gave Washington a bunch of chances, but it's just so hard to stop Ovechkin when he's in his office. Yeah, you know, when it's hard when Washington just suddenly goes, you know, instead of 0 for 1, they rattle off three straight power play goals and you know, you can't stop Ovechkin from like you said his office. So uh, Ovechkin looks pretty uh pretty much on pace to uh you know, keep on track for setting the goal record and Washington gets a much needed win. Yeah, and Kuzmenko after a slow start, he uh continues to have Vancouver's number. He always produces. But um Horvat scored again, which is massive. Yeah. And uh keeping up pace with McDavid as McDavid's taking a nice uh dry spell. Yeah, and um I mean huge, huge goal from Hoglander. Um, much needed confidence booster after not being in the lineup or just having a slow year, but uh, just a tough four three loss. You know, you, you know who did it. have a good game though. Who did? Connor Garland. Connor Garland, that feisty motherfucker, always, always getting under man. the skin. Always. Yeah. No, it was <laughs> a, it was a decent all around performance, but just couldn't get it done on the penalty kill, which sucks. <laughs> but next game. Next game up. Next game. <laughs> Um, we will rattle off Van. Um, the NHL came out with their quarter of the way through the season awards, um, votes. So, uh, Hart right now they got Connor McDavid at first with Pasternak second, McKinnon third, and Jason Robertson fourth. Um, McDavid leading the way with sixty-seven voting points. Others receiving 10-plus points is Eric Carlson, Leon Dreisaitl, and Connor Hellebuck. Um, what do you think about those Hart Trophy rankings Immediately, so far? why isn't Bo Horvat up on that list? I think <laughs> it's just Vancouver sucks ass right now. and Yeah, but like but Edmonton isn't great playing either. as the best Pacific team. <laughs> and it's obviously it's because McDavid's McDavid. But you look at who's on the top of the scoring list, and you look at the top, like, Horvat's playing, Fantastic. like, I've never seen, yeah, I've never seen, like, Horvat play like this. Yeah. He's playing absolutely unreal. No, that's a really good point. Horvat should at least get just a nod. And like, Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of, now that you say that, it's pretty crazy that he doesn't have, his name isn't mentioned there. He deserves it. I'm sure like he's gotten some votes, but maybe not ten plus. But I feel like he he should be up there. But definitely, I feel like he should be up there. I I don't really disagree, so to say, with the other names. But I don't get how you can like. I'm pre- I'm pretty sure Bo Horvat's like still number two in scoring, right? Uh, he might be like top five, but I don't know how many points he has. Let's he's up, see. He's up there in goals. I don't know if he has like the total points to put his name up there. <clears throat> Let's see. You keep talking. I'll uh I'll see. Um Vesna. Connor Hellebuck sits atop the list with 60 points. Linus Allmark just behind at 59. And then a pretty big drop off. Jake Ottinger 25, Logan Thompson 24, and Ilya Sorokin 23. Uh, others receiving seven, uh, seven plus votes: Vitek Vanacek and Carter Hart. None of these names surprise me. I'm surprised there's as big of a jump there is, but I think Jake Ottinger got a little bit of votes taken off because he was hurt for a little bit. 
But Connor Heilbuck is straight up carrying the Jets right now. And Olmark has been super solid on the best team in the NHL. So those sitting top two don't surprise me at all. Logan Thompson is playing fantastic for a rookie, but and I'm pretty sure he was sitting atop of the Vesna for the first few weeks of the season until Vegas hit a little bit of a dry spell and his performance kind of dropped off a bit. And then Ilya Sorokin, he had a really slow start, but now he's been one of the best goalies in the league the past month. So oh, yeah. it's just a, the two most consistent goalies sit atop of the board right now. And the bottom three have had really good starts. Dry past couple of weeks, slow couple of weeks to start. And then then the best goalie or injuries. But I don't disagree with this list at all. Um, and I'm excited to see how these goalies perform. If you were to pick a name off this list, Hellebuck, Olmark, Ottinger, Thompson, Sorokin, in that order, who do you most who do you, who would you guess stays atop of this leaderboard by the next time the votes come out? Ooh, I mean, I, uh, I I'd put my money on Ottinger. Ottinger, that's a really good pick. Yeah, I mean, it's probably the <laughs> it's definitely probably the scratch pick. Um, oh, not the scratch pick, the favorite. Yeah, I'd say out of all of those, uh. Sorokin definitely has caught me by surprise. Um, but yeah, I think I'd definitely stick with Ottinger just because Dallas is a very like solid team. Yeah. And Ottinger just I don't know, that that amazing playoff series that he had against Calgary is just gonna stick in my mind forever. Yeah, and he's just <laughs> riding it into this season. He is, and he's not stopping. Yeah. I I do think um I really like that pick. I think Sorokin's gonna make a surge. Um because the Islanders are playing unbelievable as well. And I think are, Sorokin yeah. is basically um cementing that. Um Norse. Eric Carlson sits atop by a 20 point margin. Kale McCarr second, Rasmus Dalling third, Hampus Lindholm fourth, and Adam Fox fifth. Others receiving eight plus points, Drew Doughty. That's that's a bang on list. I I see no. I, I see mean, nothing maybe wrong with this. maybe Kale McCarr is high, but I haven't been following Colorado as much. But uh, Eric Carlson sitting first doesn't surprise me at all. He's been playing no. unbelievable this year, and Hampus Lindholm has been solid for Boston. Absolutely, here. another defenseman I'd say Petrangelo has also been solid this year for Vegas. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, Jack Adams, Lindy Ruff sits first for the New Jersey Devils at 61. Jim Montgomery second, just one point behind him for the Bees. Bruce Cassidy sits third at 44 points, and then Pete DeBoer at 18. So big drop off from third to big fourth. drop off. Um, others receiving five plus Dave Haxtall, Rick Bonus, and Rod Brendamore. Um, any faults in this? Do you disagree with anything? No, <laughs> I think it's pretty bang on. I mean, yeah, yeah 13 straight for Lindy Ruff. Like, that's that'll definitely put you in front, at least for the time being. Yeah, Boston setting a record 12 straight at home. Like, Jim Montgomery has been great. Bruce Cassie, Vegas is just like, yeah, everything's going right. I, all these lists are pretty valid. 
Uh, Calder right now, Logan Thompson sits first at 62 points. Maddie Beneers 10 points back at 52, and then Shane Pinto at 35. Others receiving 13-plus, Jake Sanderson, Owen Power, and Matias Macelli. I hope I pronounced that correct. M-A-C-C-E-L-L-I. How would you say that? Macelli? I, I think I think double C for Italians, Macelli. Okay. Hopefully. Yeah. We'll see. Logan Thompson deserves to be up here because he's in the Vesna conversation as well. So I don't think that's uh, wrong at all. Mm-hmm. Um, total points for Horvat. Did you bring it up? Yeah, I did. So Horvat is actually at 24 points, but he is still second in goals. But McDavid is actually not first in goals. He's third. Yeah. It's Jason Robertson who's I, actually in first. Yeah, I have him as a, my next talking point, and all it says is Jason Robertson has a rope. He has an absolute rope below his waist. He has 18 goals, 17 assists. After that contract holdout, he is shoving it in the Detroit or Dallas owner's face. Right now, he's playing unbelievable. Jamie Benn is kind of feeding off that energy as well. He was on, a, I think, like a nine-game heater himself, just throwing it back to when he won the Art Ross with 87 points. How are you? Jamie Benn, Jason Robertson, the whole Dallas Stars organization. I mean, you can't praise them enough right now. They are playing really well. No, they definitely are. Um... Jack Hughes got his first hat trick in Lindy Ruff's 800th win. And after losing to uh, Toronto, New Jersey hopped right back on the winning wagon. They are in a two game heater playing New York tonight, if I'm not mistaken. And Jack Hughes had scored in that game as well. So, yeah, they're, they're beating the Rangers right now. They beat the Rangers 5 3. So they're on a three game heater. So, what? So, did. New Jersey is just, they ain't slowing down right now. Um, Bruins, like I mentioned, set the NHL record for the 12th straight at home. And I don't know if you saw them, but the Winter Classic jerseys were unveiled. Hayden, look at them. Hayden, I will send you a picture right now. It is sending to your phone in three, two, one. Now, these jerseys are, they're interesting. I really like Boston's. I think Boston kind of throws it back to um, the bear. The bear. It's a different kind of bear, a little bit of a scarier bear, just like frightening. (laughs) But the Pittsburgh one is very Pittsburgh Pirates-esque with the sharp yellow P. I I don't hate it. I've seen far worse um i think these are what these winter classic jerseys are supposed to be like they're supposed to be unique have a little pizzazz and with pittsburgh when you've been in the winter classic so much how what how many other jerseys are you supposed to fucking unveil so yeah, you gotta you gotta switch it up you can't always yeah. just stick with the fucking penguin man like yeah exactly so yeah i mean i don't i don't know what else they actually could have done because they've released so many jerseys so this one is pretty I think valid it's, for what it is i think it's a fucking tough look though because you have how many teams to choose from in the nhl and you pick the teams that both have the yellow black and white color palette 
yeah. to play on. <laughs> like, well, it seems like yeah. this Pittsburgh one, thankfully, they kind of went with like an off white. It almost seems Thank like. God they went with off white. But like, you could you could have been more colorful, you know, if yeah. you got a different team in there. And then it kind of would have been like, I love the Battle of Pennsylvania as a winter classic. Yeah. You know, you look at the yellow, you look at the orange. That is unique. That is cool. But like yeah. you get two teams that have a black, yellow, and white color palette. It's just okay. Also, the bear kind of gives me creepy vibes. Yeah. Like like you said, like the, the weird long snout on it. Yeah. <laughs> and just the way it's like embroidered on there just looks scary. Yeah. Um Oilers massive comeback versus the Rangers down three. Oh my god. Watch that game. <laughs> Crazy. Dude, that was insane. I, I know you didn't like message me after I was sending you just videos, but I'm like into the third period. I'm like, wow, this is terrible. And then Bouchard gets two goals in like three and a half minutes. And then another goal by some third or fourth liner getting his Holloway. first goal ever. Yeah, Holloway. Oh. And then Dreisaitl with an amazing passing play. And <laughs> did you see what Dreisaitl did after when he's going to the bench? He knocks the captain's stick out of his hands. That's amazing. <laughs> for the Rangers. As he's like skating back there, I was like, oh, this is hilarious. <laughs> I lost to Ian by six. Yeah. And I had Dreisaitl on my bench. And he had eight that game. So very tough. I um because I they played really early. So I hadn't gotten up to change out my lineups. I had my lineup set for the week, but sometimes Yahoo puts in Ricard Raquel instead of oh. Leon Dreisaitl, and I want to shoot myself. So that's fucking brutal. Yeah. <laughs> um Ryan yeah, Reeves. You know how much I lost to Kiana by? Hit me. All right. With a staggering score of 272.90, I lost uh, with Kiana scoring 439.60. So you got bent over. Uh, yeah, let's just say Kuzmenko got 65 points for her and Hughes got 45. Uh, Halibut and Kemper combined for almost 70 uh, so yeah, yeah, I played Ian who had Robertson. Oh. <laughs> he had 72, so um, great, yeah. Mitch Marner 17 game point streak scoring tonight. Um, dogs playing well, gotta give a shout out where it deserves it. Um, and the Carolina Hurricanes signed goaltender Kachetkov to a four-year, $8 million deal with the Canes. Very surprising deal because this is like his first year with the club. But, I mean, it's a low-cap hit and probably a decently movable contract for um, a young goalie who's playing well. I'm just surprised a four-year deal came out of it very quickly instead of near the end of the season. But... If you believe in the guy, who am I to tell you no? Yeah, either shows that they like him or that they don't think he can sustain this. And 
maybe chance to ship him off to some team who would be like, yeah, we're willing to take that on. Well, they, I maybe give up some draft capital. Maybe they're trying to just buy low. Um, could be because he could be worth maybe four or five million. Oh, yeah, exactly. Could be. But um, yeah, we'll see. That's all I got for NHL news. So I'm gonna alley oop it to you for some NFL talk. That's classic all the time. Oh, NFL week twelve. Man, if you're not a fan of like a winning team this far into the NFL, I feel for you. I absolutely feel for you. Um, some big news. Uh it looks like a lot of people went down with injuries that uh, basically says that they're out for the season. Aaron Rodgers might have potentially just played his last game ever. <laughs> Clearly, depending on whether or not how severe this chest injury is. Yeah. Uh, Darnell Mooney is out for the season, uh, among many others who have come down with different injuries. It was a tough day for injury uh, injuries in football on Sunday. And it was a tough day for egos on Sunday. So you know what? Let's buckle up and uh, and get ready for this absolute complaint fest from your boys here. <laughs> because I know the two of us are going to absolutely erupt on the NFL refs. Uh, so we'll kickstart it uh, with two out of the three of the Thursday night games to just kind of save it for last. But since these are all kind of primetime games, it's the classic Thanksgiving special. Uh, the Bills barely squeak out a win versus the Lions. Typical Never li- thought I would say that. Yeah, typical Lions and typical Bills. Uh, Lions always play up to severely higher competition than what they are. And Bills play down to their opponents all the time. Um, yeah. This one was a lot closer than it should have been. Bills, with the dynamic offense playing against the worst defense in the league, should have easily put up more points than they did. Easily. But for some reason, they just couldn't. But, I mean, the Bills won back-to-back games at Ford Field, and Detroit hasn't done that since 2016. So, yeah. <laughs> uh. Bills always win, I guess, but <laughs> um, that, that is such a tough look. Yeah, <laughs> Detroit fans. That's a that's kind of a flex too. It's like we have a winning streak in the stadium that's not ours. More that's than not, yeah, that's hilarious. That's that's a tough pill to swallow. But yeah. I mean, I I really want to say I feel like something's wrong with Josh Allen's arm. I feel I mean, like he's. Like his elbow? Yeah. Because I feel like he's trying to do more than what he's what he can right now. And I feel like the injury might be a little bit more severe than what people are seeing. Uh, I hope that I'm wrong with all of this because he's definitely played worse the last couple of weeks. And he hasn't looked like himself. But then at times you'll see that he got 34 seconds to drive the field, and he did, and they kicked the game-winning field goal. Yeah, it's like, where was that all game? Exactly. But it's like, that's how you can define, like, a good player, you know? Obviously, with Mahomes last year with 13 seconds, 
uh, Alan, I think 13 seconds for both of these quarterbacks are way too much time. It's just Alan needs to take care of his body more. Yeah, 100%. But next game, uh, the Giants and the Cowboys. I saw this one coming. I, I don't think the Giants are world beaters. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's surprising the fact that the Giants held the Cowboys to 28 and the Vikings held them to 40. <laughs> but, I mean, the Giants, I, I feel like they are frisky and they're going to get in only because they had a, like, before the season, they had an easier schedule because and, of the NFC East. And, like, the rest of the NFC aren't world beaters either like la's no one. la's three and eight yeah Super Bowl champs tampa's what either five and five or five and six five and six five and they're five and six, five and they yeah. lost to cleveland they're five and six yeah like arizona sucks yep seattle's frisky seattle's frisky but like they're gonna get in basically process of elimination everyone else in the nfc sucks Besides yeah. the division winners, maybe like Minnesota's good, Philly's no, good. No, the whole NFC South sucks. Yeah, like whoever wins that division them. doesn't deserve to be there. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I yeah. I saw a tweet this morning from one of the uh, beat reporters for the Saints, and he's like, "The whole NFC South is under five hundred after Thanksgiving. Send a different team to be the representative for the South." <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like Dallas, Dallas can take the South because they're more South than uh a lot of these other east teams so <laughs> yeah it's it's insane um yeah like dallas is good and the nfc east they're back to the nfc beasts back but, to it but yeah i think the giants are going to get in they're frisky they're pr- pretty similar to what seattle is that's and uh yeah that's going to be interesting to see how uh playoff football reacts in uh new york for the first time in a minute i agree uh all right next game uh two afc playoff teams the Bengals and the titans we can talk about the patriots one right now oh you uh you want to you don't want to save it we can just talk go in order um, all right i thought we were gonna win this game um i was working that night because your boys broke and I forgot that the Patriots were playing Thanksgiving and I was working. So I tried to watch as much as I could and let's just cut to the chase. I mean, Mac Jones played well. Yeah. He was targeting the long ball and he hit it on majority of his attempts. Um, like Nelson Aguilar coming out of the bushes for some fucking reason and scoring. Has this one game all the time. Yeah, Hunter Henry played well. We couldn't run the ball great. It was more of a pass-catching kind of game. Um, For our backs, Damian Harris went down with an injury. But that Hunter Henry goal line situation is really fucking weird. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't think it was a touchdown because from what I understand of the rules... When catching the ball, you have to establish yourself as a runner if you only want to break the plane. But in terms of catching a pass, you have to 
gain possession in the end zone and secure the catch. You can't catch it with the ball just over the plane. From what I understand, you have to be in the end zone. That's what I thought, at least. And he wasn't. So I was fine with it not being a touchdown, but I'm like, that's going to be a catch because he the ball never hit the ground at any mm-hmm. moment, and he regained control when he was on the ground without getting touched. Like, that's what I thought. But it was just an incomplete pass overall, and then we just we couldn't score, and we had to settle for a field goal. Yeah. Like, I thought 1,000% we should have had the ball New set of downs on the goal line. And Ramondre. With Ramondre. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I 100% think that should have happened. I, again, I'm not saying it should have been a touchdown because I agree that it shouldn't have because he needed the, like, he didn't have full control when the when ball was either the ball. over the goal line or whatever. And I think as a catcher, he never established himself as a runner, whatever, all that fucking jazz. I just said it. But I think it still should have been a catch. I still think he had control in taking the ball down. Am I crazy here? No, no, you're not crazy because the ball never touched the ground. Yeah. Like, at all through that sequence, you could see his fingers underneath the ball. I know. And that that's what doesn't make sense to me. And, like, the NFL refs, I, I don't know what it is but this is what this is what people or this is how people say that the nfl is rigged man because of shit like this yeah like how do you get a huddle up and then talk about it and then say like no this isn't a catch where it's like what is defined as a catch and i know we'll talk about it more once we get into my game here but no i thought this was bullshit i thought that this should have been a catch by hunter henry and on the off chance, maybe like a touch, like I could have seen that call going as a touchdown for certain teams. 100%. You know, like more favorited to the NFL teams. I definitely would have seen, seen that being a touchdown catch, which yeah. is absolutely ludicrous because that's, that's just not, that's just not fair. That like, no, fuck, fuck that. Yeah, I um, it's kind of annoying. It was so weird because I was searching up something real quick, and I was typing "ludicrous" as soon as you said "ludicrous." Goddamn! I'm not even kidding. That was really weird. But yeah, wavelengths. It's uh kind of annoying. Um, good game overall from New England, though. I was happy with their performance. I thought we were going to win. And for fuck's sakes, as soon as you play the Patriots, Kirk Cousins turns into prime Brady in prime time when he never plays like that. When he never plays like that, yeah. Like, fuck that. Um, He threw for, like, almost 403 touchdowns or whatever the fuck. Uh, Um, 300 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. Also, that pick that he threw, though, such a bad pick. <laughs> oh yeah, it was bad. It was bad. But um Justin Jefferson is continues to show why he's a top two wide receiver in the league. Maybe Tyreek Killer Stefan Diggs can claim one right now, but like Justin Jefferson is in that mix. Yep. Um I think Tyreek Hill is the best just because I think his speed is so dynamic that he literally changes the way the offense is run. 
and changes defenses, but Justin Jefferson continues to show why he's the future of this league. He is so fucking good. So many times the Patriots tagged him, like hit him so clean where any other receiver would have dropped that ball because they tagged him right as he caught the ball. Shoulder to the chest. And he still hung on to the ball. Yeah. And I'm like, how? How is no, that humanly good. possible that a receiver hangs on to that after getting fucking tagged from a running start from a safety? Like it, that guy is insane to me. He's he's so good. Thielen had a classic Thielen game. Um, Minnesota just came to play that night, and I just gotta give respect to them. But I thought Patriots were gonna win that, but we unfortunately didn't. The week goes on. The week fucking goes on. But yes, uh, Bengals and Titans. Uh, two AFC teams battling for uh, playoff division number ones. <laughs> uh, a weird stat going around. Uh, Derrick Henry, uh, whenever he caught a pass, the Titans won. Uh, this season, this was the first time that that didn't come to fruition as Derrick Henry had three catches, but the Titans still lost. Weird, uh, man. very weird stat. Very weird stat, but all around great game. Definitely like a gritty win. And T Higgins, uh, wow, he could be a starter on like any team that didn't have a competent wide receiver. He is so good. Yeah, no, and I love his name, T Higgins. <laughs> yeah, it just rolls right yeah. off the tongue. No, it's he's a so freak. Good. He's a freak, dude. And it's like the fact that Jamar Chase is coming back. Like he was scheduled to play this week, but then he's like, "Nah, Take I'll, week. I'll save it for next week." And yeah. it's just scary. Yeah, uh, I can't say I watched much of this game, but um, I'm just kind of bouncing energy off of what you're saying. But yeah, T. Higgins is a fucking animal, and he's going to be a baller for a very long time in this league. A very long time. Yeah, and Joe Burrow looks as calm as ever. And this is going to be the type of game that I feel like we could see in the playoffs from these two teams. Mm -hmm. Because I think both of these teams can win a wild card round. I don't think any of them is going to get a first round bye. But I know that these two teams probably can win a wild card round and then face each other. And we'll get a rematch. (laughs) Yeah, Hundy. Next game. Uh, you know what? Yeah, let's talk about it. The Jets, uh, apparently, with Mike White, are Super Bowl contenders, dude. I know they were going up against the Bears, man, but that quote that Salah had Mike White, he made easy look easy 315 passing yards and three touchdowns. And what did he have like seven incompletions, six, 22 six. for 28, or some shit like that? Yeah, Zach Wilson, and... man, you're in trouble, my guy. Oh, absolutely in trouble. Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore both simultaneously like put up decent games after, you know, you aren't there. Tough look, my guy. Tough look. <laughs> yeah. I'm I would be panicking if I was Zach Wilson. I'd be like, my job absolutely. is seriously in trouble because what does Zach Wilson prove? He's proved fuck all. Whereas Mike White has only come in and played very well in place of him 
Yeah. So I don't know if it's like the Nick Foles effect where he only plays good as like a backup. Cause like whenever Nick Foles has been a starter, he's been shit. But whenever he's coming as a backup, he's lit the world on fire. So I don't know if Mike White is in that situation. But he's already proved more in one game than Zach Wilson's done all year. Yeah. Like he's just he's exactly like what Salah said. He made easy look easy and he he got the ball to Elijah Moore, who has been demanding a trade all year because Zach Wilson hasn't been able to get him the ball. Mm-hmm. And there sure you have it. Mike White facilitates well, super efficient, and super productive. And yeah. got the team the much needed win that they needed. Uh, I said that terribly, but um, <laughs> Sala, point is still across. <laughs> it's literally the Spencer Martin Thatcher Demko right now, but like we know Demko is good and he's playing bad, but like we don't know if Zach Wilson's <laughs> actually good. He's just probably bad. Probably, but I think you just got to ride the hot hand and just keep Mike White in there until he shows that he can't play good, and if he has a couple bad games and you put Zach Wilson back in. Yeah, it'll be a good matchup next week because I'm pretty sure they versus the Vikings. So that should yeah. be interesting. So I think you got to keep Mike uh Mike White in there and just I agree. Ride. Uh next game, the Trevor Lawrence statement game. Yes. Uh we can talk about Trevor Lawrence probably for like a whole episode on that final two minute drill that he had my biggest concern is the Ravens man your defense is supposed to be like your star of this team and Marcus Peters gave up a perfect passer rating yikes and I know it's Trevor Lawrence and he's this you know next prodigy but like he hasn't been good (laughs) you know he hasn't been uh, someone who can come in right away and immediately just fix everything for a team. Yeah, obviously it's his second year. Fuck off! But like Baltimore, this is concerning. I feel like the Bengals can jump you next week if you have a flat out game against the Broncos, which I, I don't see happening. Uh, but then the if the Bengals beat the Chiefs, that's where it's going to be concerning. But. Enough about the Ravens. Let's give Jacksonville their credit because T-Law, this this is a huge confidence booster for this guy. He heard all that Justin Fields is better than Lawrence talk, and he's like, nah, fuck you guys. And then he just went out and upset a team. Showed everyone what kind of player he is. Yeah. And I, he looked confident yeah, that whole uh, game. I I didn't I had like red zone on in the background while I did homework and stuff. So I couldn't I didn't like really watch a ton. But I watched film breakdown of Trevor Lawrence that game and he just looked he looked so fucking good. Yeah. His re, his accuracy was insane and his confidence was just so much more than like what it's been in the past. Mm-hmm. And I think we're finally seeing that Andrew Luck type prospect flourish right now. And I hope this isn't the end of it. I hope that he continues this hot streak because the NFL is better when prospects are playing to their potential. Yeah. And they're not just flat out bust. Yeah. So like, and I know Lawrence 
had a really shit situation in his rookie year. So I think everyone kind of gave him a pass because it's like you weren't really expected to do you much had with to Urban deal Meyer. with Urban Meyer and like no weapons. So I think everyone gave him a little like, you know what? We're not going to judge you right now. But he mm-hmm. he's got Christian Kirk coming playing at a high level. Doug Peterson, a Super Bowl winning coach, like he's set up a lot more, and he kind of started off slow. But if he can keep this up, then sky's the uh, limit. Jacksonville looks dangerous. Yep, dangerous. Uh, we'll hit we'll hit the Sunday night game just because it was over before it started, in my eyes. But the Eagles take down the pack yeah i think it was a lot the score was closer than what the game was yeah the score definitely shows that the packers were in it they weren't in it yeah uh they were in it for the first half but the second half the eagles looked so good jalen hurts had a monstrous day same with Sanders. Like they had Sanders the best as well. Yeah. Best running game in like Eagles history, they said, or some shit like that. Like 380 oh, it, yards on the ground is crazy. It was embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing if you're a Packers fan. Yeah. Uh yeah, this defense was supposed to carry you. You're not getting carried when that happens. And obviously, like we said, Aaron Rodgers is now maybe, you know, could have a serious injury. Who yeah. knows? Love looked um, good. Love looked good when he came in. He was he was kind of slicing up the Eagles in that that sixty five yard touchdown pass on his opening drive. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like that says a lot, in my opinion, a bit more about Watson than Love. But Love still had to connect him in stride. Exactly. He did. Exactly. I, I think Love was making some really good throws, and I'm happy to see that. Obviously, I still think it's the wrong fucking pick that they made on him, but 100%. I'm happy that he's showing him like, hey. Don't give me a fucking chance. Yeah, exactly. Enough about this guy. Start over. He was thrown into a tough situation getting in right behind Aaron Rodgers. And it's like, why are you guys mad at me? I didn't do shit. Yeah, (laughs) literally. You you probably didn't want to come to Green Bay. No. You probably probably wanted to go somewhere else. Probably where it's like, oh, like I know the quarterback's done in like the next year. Yeah. I saw saw a a post on uh, the Saints Reddit where it was like, what would you guys do if you know we got the opportunity to get Jordan Love next year? I was like, I would take it. Why not? It's probably <laughs> like, gonna be for cheap. Yeah, it's cheap. And the games that he's come in, he's looked good with practice. Yeah. I mean why the, not? The game against KC was a little tough, but I mean, like, what are you supposed I mean, to do against KC? Exactly. In um, Kansas City, too. Yeah, but that situation that he was put in, he looked really good. He was slicing up the defense pretty well. And uh, I I hope that he kind of keeps it up. Kind of like a T-Law situation, but obviously way less expectations. Yeah. Uh, now into the game of the week. Uh, the Raiders and the Seahawks. <laughs> Ian I is... see that look on your face. Ian and Tanner are crying right now. Dude, uh, as a Seattle Seahawk like fan, how do you how do you come back from that? Like the Raiders have been so terrible and they come into probably one of the hardest places to play and win like that? Yeah. Yo, Jacobs tore up Seattle's defense. 
Oh, he had what in our points per first down league? He had like 51 50 points. points. That yeah. Crazy. And, and he like, only scored twice. Yeah. And it's what did he have? Like over 300 yards on the ground? Over 300 purpose yards. Yeah. That's insane. Oh, they, Josh Jacobs, it was the Josh Jacobs game. Yeah. He was, he came to play. That's, that's a fact. Uh, like Seattle had a great game too. That's what the that's what the weird part about that is, yeah. You know, but it's just once a team controls the uh, the front lines, you you've lost. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, the score obviously came down to a score in OT, but like the Raiders after the second half had that game in hand just because they could push around Seattle's D line like it was nothing. Yeah, 100%. And maybe this is Josh McDaniels realizing, like, oh, maybe we should actually sign Josh Jacobs. <laughs> yeah. Because you can't they, do his fifth-year option anymore. Yeah, they didn't pick up his fifth-year option, so maybe they'll try to re-sign him. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, absolutely great game. What a walk-off. Yeah. Uh, Sad for the Americans that couldn't see it because 60 Minutes was playing instead of that game. L O L. All right. Now for the little rant. I know I I didn't want to put the Saints and uh Saints games at the end, obviously for my little segments here, but I, I, I feel like this deserves just I know the season is a wash for the Saints, but these these refs, man. Holy F. I don't know if you saw a lot of this one, but there was one play in, no, two plays in particular that I just wanted to fucking die. Uh, the first play, Chris Olave catches a pass over the middle, controls the ball, takes two steps, trips over his own foot, falls to the ground because he's getting tackled, and then the ball pops out, right? But it's like, okay, you t- you've been tackled. Yeah. The ground can't cause a fumble. You're down. Uh, no, apparently it's not a catch after being tackled. I I don't know. Like, man, this is, oh, this is the type of shit that just, it grinds my gears. And I know I can never not, not watch a Saints game. Like, they're my favorite team. Even when Red Zone's on. And I see that the Saints are in the red zone and they don't have the game on. I'm like, why the fuck don't you have the game on? Like, I'll just go switch back to it, even though I know they're not going to be good. But it's like, I can't look away. It's like a bad car accident. Yeah, it's like a dog taking a shit. You just got to look. You got to (laughs) look. This this is the type of shit that just... I, 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 I don't know how long if I... Obviously, I'm going to stick around and be a Saints fan for for life because they brought me so much happiness. But I honestly think that the NFL is out to get some teams sometimes. Yeah. Like, I want to think my luck is turning around soon. But that's just when I do. uh, Just when Garoppolo throws a terrible pass and it's picked off by Elante Taylor. No, it's actually a flag on Chris Harris Jr. uh, within five yards pushing someone and getting flagged for pass interference. And it 
wipes away Elante Taylor's first interception back to the five yard line, mind you. And then I get, or then you get a roughing the passer call when Garoppolo's outside of the tackle box. And the defensive tackle went to tackle him as a runner. You can tackle the quarterback at his legs if he's outside of the tackle box. He's a runner. But he gets called for pass interference. Or roughing the passer. And it, yeah. it just... Like, Ruff... Make it make sense, man. Yeah, roughing the passer is a rule in sports right now that makes little to no sense. I'm... I'm just utterly done with this type of bullshit. Yeah. And I know, you know, next Monday night when the Saints go into Tampa and play Tampa and probably beat them, it's not going to mean anything. Or if Tampa beats them, it's not going to mean anything. You know, there no team from the NFC South is winning shit this year. It's just sad because there's so much that has gone absolutely wrong for the Saints season and seeing Kamara fumble twice yesterday uh it's just it's just the nail in the coffin for me yeah that's so hate to see that absolutely tough but you know what uh it's my due diligence to get on here and talk about my disparities for sure and uh we suffer together yes (laughs) ma'am But now we got some fun stuff coming because that's week 12. Uh, the well, Steelers and Colts game is going on right now, and it's 16-16. What? Was the, the Denver play this week? Or were they on by? No, they played. They, they lost I, to the Panthers. I wanted to talk about one thing because was it Purcell? Yeah. Legit laying into Russ on the sideline because Russ hasn't done shit. And the yep. Broncos offense has averaged under fifth just under 15 points a week. So I yeah. just wanted to that the I just wanted to say the Broncos players are fed up with Russell Wilson's lack of play, like relevant play this year. <laughs> and it's just hilarious to see because I saw some of these comments and I swear to God, it was so funny. They were like Russ probably said. Let's ride right after he <laughs> and I'm like, oh God, that is so funny. I wish that was true. But yeah, I just wanted to say that first is that Denver's... Do you know what he actually said when uh when asked about that? No. So he was asked about that and he said to that like reporter asking, he's like, I love that. It shows that we're both on the same page and that we want to win. And it's like are are you tone deaf? Like <laughs> They're saying screaming at your face. Like he's probably saying you're the worst fucking quarterback ever because you're playing (laughs) like shit. No one likes you right now, Russ. No one likes you. Oh, it's like, that was just such a Russell Wilson thing to say. Yeah. And I, oh my God. Yeah. I just want to, I just wanted to talk about that quick. Cause I thought that was fucking hilarious. No, that was fucking hilarious. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, Going to the draft, baby. Bada bing, bada boom. If that is where you were going next, because you did say some things. That is indeed where I was going next, because that makes me happy. Uh, So I will give an explanation. This draft that we have 
is a pump up song draft. What songs are you playing in your locker room right before a game to get you hyped up and ready to fucking pummel a team, baby? Baby, that is what this draft is. And um, I did forget to prep for this, so I'm ripping it on the fly right now. <laughs> but I have a rough idea of what I want to pick. So let's go. So we ride. Um, <laughs> Broncos country. We ride. ride. Um, <laughs> hey Siri, heads or tails? And call tails. It. Hey Siri, heads or tails? It's tails. Fuck! I called it again, dude. Man, are you? How many times have you called it? Or how many times have you gotten this right? <laughs> um, I think once or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get a tracker going. It's like the lottery ball machine now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm everyone else, and you're Hank. Yeah, exactly. Nice to see. Well, All right. Man. Fuck this. I already know what you're going to pick, and I'm pissed. You, you don't know what I'm going to pick. There's so many songs uh, that I feel like you can go with, but Ooh. to start us off, and we're going to do, like, back and forth, like, you do, or I do one, you do one, I do one, you do one. Yeah, because Snake Draft with two people doesn't really make sense. Yeah, I agree. All right, at number one, I have Till I Collapse. Yeah, that's what I knew you were going Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was my pick. Um, fuck. Uh, <laughs> oh, also, in this draft, I already told Jeff you can only have one ACDC selection because they have so many. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Now I'm I'm in between a couple right now. Um, I was really hoping I won that draft. The coin flip. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna get my ACDC one out of the way right now, and I'm gonna give okay. th- go Thunderstruck. Yeah, you had my ACDC song. I'll tell you that. Uh, unfortunately, mm. I didn't write down another one, so I have to kind of think of that one. Might uh, be a hot take going early with ACDC because they do have a lot, and but... I would have been fine without Thunderstruck because I have another one of mine that's kind of a sleeper one for ACDC. But I think Thunderstruck is such a staple for pump up songs that I have to get it if I didn't get to like collapse. Oh, it, it literally like the hairs on my arm when you just hear thunder. Yeah. Uh, like, oh, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, with my second pick, uh, I'm going to go Welcome to the Jungle. Yeah. By yours truly, Guns N' Roses. Great song. Uh, I'm going to take an Eminem off the board. Nice. Lose yourself. I mean, that one, that one's just, it's right up there with Till I Collapse. Yeah, it's so good. I, (laughs) yeah, I wanted, I wanted Till I Collapse, but I'm not upset with having Lose Yourself. Yes. I I don't think anyone would be uh, upset with either of those ones just because of how good they are. So, uh, yeah, no, you definitely got that one. Uh, all right. Well, with no, I can take my ACDC one last since you took yours. And I know what, what it's going to be. So I'm going to write it down just so I don't fucking forget. Uh, all right. Well, with my third pick, 
I'm gonna go. Ooh. I'm gonna go stronger by Kanye West. Okay. Yeah, that was on the I was uh I was thinking of that one too. That's a that's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um Ooh, I'm in between a couple here, Hayden. I'm in between a couple here. I think if I might be able to get both. Okay. I don't know if the one that's obvious is better than the one I could get later, if that makes sense. It does make sense. I just, I love the riff to one of these songs. Okay. Now I'm really curious. I'm just going to do it. I'm okay. going to do it. I might regret it, but I'm going to do it. Okay. Seven Nation Army. I mean... No, it's it's a great song. <laughs> like, it's not as much as the lyrics, as much as just the just the anticipation of the the bass. It's just like, oh! oh gets the yeah. blood flowing. No, and even even the guitar, like yeah, I don't even want. It's not a solo, but just so the good. whole funny thing about um the White Stripes. It is a band by a brother and sister. Wow, only two. My mom told me that. So if it's wrong, go after her, not me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, my pick. Seven Nation Army. Great all right. song. I I love that one. That one's that one's a great song. <clears throat> all right, with mine, uh, my fourth pick. I'm gonna go with easily a song you could put on at any stadium, and it will get everyone clapping their feet to the ground. Um, Give yeah. me "We Will Rock You" yeah. by Queen. Yeah. Good it song. has one of the most iconic dumb uh boom boom claps yeah ever no that's a that's a dynamic one for sure 100% um yeah it's a it's a great one okay so i'm just i'm going to go with the other one i was in between so i'm happy that i got both i ended up getting it it's a it's a collab a collab the Numb Encore collab with Jay-Z and Linkin Park. Yes. Yeah, okay. Oh, <laughs> oh that is oh man. Dude. So good, brother, brother. So fucking good. Yeah, um, Linkin Park. Rest in peace. Oh, so yeah, that's so a, good. It's a really good collab. So, uh, yeah. Honestly, kind of like a a way a really out there collab. You know what I mean? Hundred percent. It's something that I'd never really put in my mind that that would happen, but yeah. then it does. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But all right, with my final pick, uh, my ACDC pick, uh, not a Brian Johnson one, but give me. Whole lot of Rosie. Now, if you're talking about like a buildup, just hearing the intro to Whole Lot of Rosie, man, 
I as soon as I hear that song in my in my van or even in my car, like in my G35, volume full up, I'm speeding. Yeah. <laughs> um what do I what do we have? Where what's been picked so far? Uh for me, stronger, welcome to the jungle, till I collapse, we will rock you and whole lot of Rosie. Okay. I got my pick then. This one is okay. easy easy peasy lemon cheesy. Metallica. Enter Sandman. Yeah. No, it, it that is such a that is your fantasy draft saver right there. Oh, like is a staple. Yeah, no. That's Eric. It, it really is. That's Eric Carlson in the twelfth round. Uh, yes, yes, it is. But it, it's like it shouldn't even be the twelfth round. You no. know, it's like these. Like you know, it was so good once before that it's just gonna rejoice whenever you play it. We're off the never never land. <laughs> Yo, I'm knittermusic.com. Get your fucking shit together because this is the worst list of all time. 50 best hype songs. I will give you 10. Don't. Are you on that website? No, I got these just from my phone. But I mean, what don't, was the website called? Mitter? Mittermusic.com. Don't search <laughs> it up. Okay. I want, I will give you 10 guesses on what the 10. number one hype song is and it's not till i collapse no oh brother um till okay, I... Well, i'm just gonna go with the songs on my list here uh can't hold us no uh remember the name no crazy train no jesus christ okay uh <laughs> i i didn't really write down anything and now that i'm thinking on the spot i can't do it what what is it Believer by Imagine Dragons. <laughs> bro, imagine a hype up song. Bro, imagine dragging these nuts on this list because it's so bad. What the <laughs> fuck? What? Yeah, terrible. So how? Uh, um, till I collapse is. I. It is ninth. Um, Alicia Keys' New Day is eight. DMX... Alicia Keys! Yeah, DMX Party Up In Here is seven. Oh, oh it... my god, I forgot about DMX Gonna Give It To You is a fuck. Oh. Christina Aguilera, Fighter, is six. Oh, so this is a this is a woman's hype-up list. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Feel It Still by Portugal The Man is fifth. Who? Pump It by Black Eyed Peas is fourth. I mean, they're definitely not top ten. Macklemore can't hold us is three. Uh, won't stand down by Muse is two. Oh, and Believer is one. So you said Midder Music. Middermusic.com and Introvert by Little Sims is ten. Bro, so seven Seven Nation Army is twelve. But yeah, great, great draft. Great draft. We'll, we'll have a, I think we both had some solid lists. Hayden, Hayden will, uh, Hayden will make another graphic of that. Um, sure will. Post it this week. Um, I didn't post a clip this week on Instagram. I might post one like after we hop on recording from the last episode, but like, 
I'm in finals week and I got a lot of school to do and I'm kind of distracted and mentally drained from doing anything but the recording and editing for this. So social media for the next week might be a little slow. Um, so if you're relying on some clips and posts like that, I apologize. I will try and get my shit together. But this is why I brought Hayden on so he can take some of the blame as well. Um, Boom. <laughs> but Hayden, where can the people find you? Uh, on Instagram and Twitter at Hayden underscore Barton and TikTok at HBart13. You can follow me on Instagram at Jevin.Lefave, on Twitter at JevinLefave. Find everything for the show on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at LeftSideHeavy underscore and subscribe to the YouTube Left Side Heavy for full video episodes. Um, rate us on platforms and stuff like that. Really helps. And... Um, me and Hayden are kind of looking into maybe uh, getting some hoodies for you guys to potentially buy off of us. But there's still a work in progress. And once we kind of have an idea on how we're going to run that ship, then we will let you know on the podcast. So thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Have a good week. Oh, this Friday is kick back and relax. And I am. it's a twofer. Uh, Callum Volpe. He is a personal trainer for Twist Conditioning and works with a bunch of athletes. I interviewed him for about a half hour. And then we have professional um, pitcher uh, Curtis Taylor out of Porco Coquitlam and UBC. Got drafted by the Diamondbacks back in 2016 and is currently a free agent looking to get a roster spot. So I interviewed him about the behind-the-scenes action of an MLB baseball player. It's a really fun interview. Um, it'll be an under an hour for the two of them. So it'll be a, it'll be a good episode for you guys to listen to and watch. So uh, look for that on Friday. Thank you for listening as always. And we will see you next time. Peace.